0: Welcome back to the Mixed Media Podcast. If you're hearing this message, it's been a while since we've uploaded to our podcasting platforms, and we're returning to our regular editing schedule. Many of these episodes have been recorded for a while now, but we finally have them ready for you to listen to. If you've been missing the show, we are always posting our entire raw live streams on YouTube, Twitch, and Rumble. And you can go to mixedmediapodcast.com to find links to those, as well as our Discord, if you want to keep tabs on the Mixed Media Podcast project, thank you so much for your patience and enjoy the show.
1: Mixed Media Gaming. All right, welcome to the uh, Mixed Media Podcast gaming segment. Uh, today I'll be doing the arguing with Red segment. Um, as you can see, if you are not watching the live stream, um, Ben is not here today um so it'll just be us two and we're both doing an arguing with reddit this time so uh, be on the lookout for irving's episode coming next um and yeah i guess we should reintroduce ourselves for uh, those who aren't part of the stream so uh, i'm nathan Nestor. i'm a 3d modeler and game developer
0: and i'm irving nester i'm a filmmaker and media entrepreneur and you can check out my company at ariella.co. Right
1: and uh, yeah, so we do arguing with Reddit. So renewal what this means is we picked out a bunch of our uh, a bunch of Reddit hot takes or Reddit opinions, whatever, um, that we found for each other. Uh, this one, and of course, by gaming in this in this segment, um, and we'll react to them live for the most part. I mean, I put I picked some for myself so obviously those ones I saw. That being said, this time around, usually I kind of like look at it and think about it for a moment. I did not think about it. I was like, okay, cool. I don't even remember what I picked. So, so, so they're all pretty much all going to be live reactions pretty much. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think actually Ben picked one for me too,
0: I saw, even though he's not here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did pick one for me. But the first one I've got queued up is from yourself. So I'll, I'll uh, pull it up. It says, and you, you can describe it. How did AAA game companies afford slash justify having huge development teams?
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is something I've wondered before, right? because um, people are expensive, especially in the US. People are very expensive. And games are relatively not that expensive. Um, you know, yeah, you sell you sell a lot of units, but uh also a lot of developers. These these dev teams can be massive somehow. Um I'm always I think remember that Naughty Dog's employee account, I think it was, and I was like, there's no way. They just make The Last of Us. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is it the many people? Um, not, not anything on The Last of Us. You know, it's fine. Um, but, uh, oh, I forgot news. The uh, Last of Us trailer came out. It's, it's a live action thing. Okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a few ways to cut costs, right? Obviously, one, if you have 500 employees, that does not mean they're all in the United States, if it's an American company, for example. So, you get employees from other places, um, and you can... Basically, be able to uh, pay them less due to the buying power of the dollar here versus the buying power of the dollar there and also differences in minimum wage laws Uh, in some places they might not even have minimum wage. So um, there's that for one, Um, although oftentimes when you're doing offshore stuff, um, it's just easier to not really hire them as a full time employee, but rather um, contracted out just because the legal stuff is a lot easier uh, you let the contract the company contracting out deal with all like you know the, the legal issues of whatever you know country they're in and stuff like that um, they deal with all that obviously you know you probably pay a, a overhead fee for that but um, it's a lot more convenient um, aside from that I mean I think there's probably a lot of waste <laughs> to be quite honest <laughs> in uh, in uh, A game studios so I remember reading something like the most optimal really reach like at least with programmers you know excluding artists whatever you know programmers uh you know they work you know very much in conjunction with each other um not that they'll they'll be working on the same exact thing at the same time but you know they're all working on various pieces of puzzles that like intertwine very like they lock in very tightly unlike two artists who could be working on different models and yeah i mean they need to stay with a consistent style but that's really just it, you know, and they don't really like, it's not really like, you know, any like, oh, if I'm making a character and I make the character slightly shorter, that might not really affect everything else, you know, everything else might be fine as it is, where I think tweaks to code can oftentimes lead to cascading changes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I remember reading once, I think that it's like, you know, you reach the 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 lock zone of programmer group size. When you reach six, six people, then you get massive diminishing returns on efficiency. So, I mean, <laughs> in these 500-employee uh, companies, I don't know how many of them are programmers, but I'm sure more than six, okay? I'm sure it's a lot of people. Now, you could say, well, you know, it's, it's maybe the study's more like six people for, for a task, right? So six people to, um, I don't know, make a website, right? And they have six people who, you know, work on this aspect of the game, and six people work on this aspect of the game, or whatever, and you compartmentalize it like that. Maybe, but I have a good feeling that You know, I'm actually not entirely sure how these things are set up, but uh, it might be the case that, you know, um, they have, you know, large teams working on uh, one general area uh, or not enough people working on it. So, you know, I mean, I'm not entirely sure um, how they're able to justify it, uh, but they can apparently afford it. So uh, at least somewhat. (laughs) I mean, I guess studios have got a business all the time. So uh, maybe they're a bit more... uh, um, I don't know, uh, frugal, is that the word? Frugal what they're spending, then uh it wouldn't be is frugal the opposite or yeah, that is that is like okay. Yeah, yeah saving it's like money cheap. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the bit more frugal, uh it'd be fine. Uh so yeah.
0: Cool. I have to say one thing though. Looking at this person's math, I think so they're basically saying that look, it'll cost like you know, I did so, read the math by the way. <laughs> I didn't yeah, read the okay, I'll just I'll read it off real quick. So it says like Five hundred employees times one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars per employee times five years of development equals three hundred million. I'm like, that's all of that is way too much.
1: All of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hold up, what's going on here? One hundred twenty-five k per on average. What? Yeah, that's (laughs) that's not happening. What dev studio is this? Like, it's one hundred twenty-five k as like a senior developer uh, on, like, you know, uh, at at a game studio. It's not like an average salary.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, so the thing is, like, I think they're thinking of it too much like a software company when they should be thinking more like a film production company. It's like right. you have you might I don't know if the 500 employees is reasonable or not, but like on a film set, you might have 500 pe- people t- touch a film. That, that wouldn't be out of the question, but they're not working on it. Five. Not every one of those people is working on it for the entire five years. In fact, have yeah, a lot of people working on it for the entire five years is probably like 10 people.
1: You know, like, like you for know, reference, like, uh, Naughty Dog has 316 employees. While you're talking, I'll try to find a 500-employee studio for a reference, but keep going. Okay, yeah, so let's see,
0: there you go. So even the amount of employees is bad. And then, so you, you'd have to deduct the amount of years per employee for sure. And then the salary is just like, Whoa. That's not not the average employee is not making that much money, guaranteed. (laughs) You know, your higher ups are making much more than that. And your bottom people are making much less than that. Um, But there's a lot more bottom people than higher up people. So that that number is going to be is going to have to go down. And uh, Mike's my uh, from what I remember you telling me on the show before about uh, game dev uh, salaries, they're like lower than they should be. So I wouldn't be surprised if, mm-hmm.
1: you know, I think 25k is not yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> I don't yeah. think. Um, and uh, OK, so I found so I know this Rockstar Games has 2.5k employees. I don't know what they're doing. They don't make games. Okay, they make games now. But, you know, (laughs) there was like a long period of time where (laughs) there were no games coming out from Rockstar. So uh, I guess that's like in the works all the time. I don't know how that's Well You had to figure they might
0: have to have all their marketing done in-house or something like that. So
1: that's true. All these companies probably outsource a lot of their services to other things. Whereas, well, Rockstar, for example, they have their own engine, right? At the very least, they have an engine team, which a lot of companies don't have. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Ubisoft is probably massive too, because they have their they have their own energy. I wonder how much uh these, these uh, how many employees um let's see employee count. I wonder how many uh like the percentage that they have to dedicate to like engine stuff. Um, so Ubisoft has there's no way. <laughs> what? Oh, because Ubisoft owns other companies, it has 20k employees working in forty five studios. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but if you want a five hundred employee studio uh, DICE is like four hundred eighty. Mm. Okay. So that that's really unreasonable. Then on the
0: the, on the money side, on the the gain side, they're way off too. They say thirty dollars per sale.
1: If you deduct like all the expenses, if it's a dice type studio, it's not thirty dollars per sale. It's sixty, or oh, I guess over over what? How many years were you doing this over? Oh, first year? Well, yeah, it's gonna be sixty first year.
0: Well, they're saying, but they're saying that uh, that they're deducting from the sixty. Uh, like a whole bunch of fees that they think oh, exist.
1: Oh, they make half that because of the platform costs, logistics, taxes, No, that's, that's incorrect.
0: That's definitely incorrect.
1: Platform takes, platform takes 30% in general, so yeah. it's only 20%. Um, logistics costs, so... Well, you use—I mean, okay—you use a distribution thing like Steam. You're not paying much; <laughs> you're yeah, paying exactly. the thirty percent. That is—that is the—that is, the, is a massive portion of logistics costs. That is most of it. That's like ninety-nine percent of it probably. Like, what else is yeah. there? Like your website to like give you the download link? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <Like, laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. This thirty dollars is kind of ridiculous. Plus, they're not accounting for like exude like uh, I guess power user uh, sales. So, like, if it's pre-sales, uh, you know, they might make more money off of those. Uh, Or if it's, um, you know, like premium things and like skins and all all the extra stuff. That's why those extra stuff exist. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) they're not accounting for that. And then they said a million sales for the first year. If you're a 500 employee studio, you're making way more than a million sales, I would suspect. Um, Uh Because, like, I mean, like 500 employees, like you said, dice, right? Like Battlefield has way more than a million sales. Guaranteed. I would bet money on that.
1: So
0: uh that that that's the way low balling it so it's just these assumptions are just all wrong that's why they came to this weird conclusion
1: <laughs> um, all right well battlefield twenty forty two sold this is a you know poorly rated battlefield by the way four point yeah. two million units yeah exactly yeah
0: so uh yeah this
1: uh <laughs> this example is just uh, inaccurate <laughs> yeah, and yeah. note that uh for a long time um i think I think 24.2 is on Steam now, but there was a time when Battle Games were not on Steam, so they made all yes. that money. <laughs> yes, 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 for sure, for sure. Although I guess they paid the logistics fees, I guess, but uh, I mean, I-, I have a feeling it probably outweighed the 30%.
0: Yeah. Um. This one, next one is for um Ben, Um, and Ben is not here okay. to explain it, so I suppose I will read it. Alright. So let's see. It says, as the page loads, watching streamers is the stupidest thing you could do with your time. (laughs) Uh, But I like how there's no explanation. This person, this post was deleted by the person who originally posted it. Oh, rip. Okay. Oh. (laughs) But I had like 11.3k upvotes. I guess it was a bit too rowdy for for the liking. I don't know. You couldn't even fathom the stupidest thing I could do with my time. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Classic Reddit comment. Uh, Uh... I guess it's not much of an interesting debate here.
1: but uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is it stupid? watching streamers, I don't... Okay, this well, is the irony here. This person is posting on our slash unpopular opinion telling, <laughs> telling us that it, it's stupid to waste your time watching streamers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, so... Okay, if, if you say, you know, watch streamers, stupid... I think gotta say watching YouTube is probably fairly stupid. Although I'd say you know personally watching YouTube is probably uh, a better deal given that there's so much downtime in streams. It just kind of feels like I don't know. I'd rather watch like YouTube highlights, something like that. Although I do understand the idea of passively watching streams in the background, which I think is what most people do with streams. They don't like what's something interesting is happening. They don't like just watch it like as their like primary like thing they're doing right now. It's just a background uh, thing, right? Um, so I mean I don't think it's stupid. Uh, As someone who who has spent a long time looking at Twitch and watching it burn this past week, (laughs) I mean, at the point I was like, dang, maybe I should do something else at the moment. (laughs) This is is like, I don't know, at some point, uh, I feel like I'm no longer gaining much from it, you know, but... um. Of course, it depends on what you're watching, of course, and how much you're watching and whatever, uh, who you're watching. So, no, I would <laughs> say it's far from the stupidest thing you can do with your time and also not very close to being that stupid to do, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> for me, like, I actually started
0: watching way more streams late recently, but they're not of gaming. They're, like, of, like, people <laughs> talking. So, like, live, like, conversations, live interviews. Um, they're really nice because, uh, you get audience engagement, but also like, um, you get authenticity, like guaranteed, you know what I mean? Like you can't right. like edit people's words, you know? So it's like, yes, true. Know, it's, it's unfiltered. So there's a s- sense of transparency, but, uh, my favorite streamer shout out to Ricardo law. If you, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that I love, love me some, some law. I read a lot, a lot of, uh court decisions keep track of a lot of court cases and one of the f- most fun ways to do that and kind of degenerate ways to do that is watching uh Riketa's, uh uh late night stream um which is full of hilarity it is like 10% law 90% like ridiculous <laughs> so <laughs> it's just fun it's just a fun comedy show essentially it's like a late night it's not a comedy show in the sense of like you know SNL but like you know, it's just the, the whole point is just have fun together um, and just be stupid on the Internet uh, while also being a lawyer, um, if that makes sense, which is kind of a fun combination. So. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I've, but it's not of gaming because I feel like for gaming, I just want to I'd rather just get a nice edited down version of things. So,
1: yeah, yeah, same as I mean, yeah, I guess only has watching it in the background, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. Um cool, so that's that one. Um
0: let's see, I guess. Let's see here. We'll do your next one then. Okay, which
1: one is oh I see, okay. Pulling it up now. All right, so it says the title is what are some top business challenges you face? Um, and a short description, uh, quote, I'm curious what business problems game developers face. For example, creating effective marketing campaigns, getting the right talent, setting the right price for the game, et cetera. Uh, what questions when answer would improve your game dev business? Would we'll love to hear your thoughts. Uh, right, um, fun fact, uh, the, the, you know, the first the first thing you mentioned was effective marketing campaigns. Last was setting the right price. Uh, oftentimes setting the right price is considered part of the marketing campaign. But uh, yeah, because oftentimes uh, the marketing team has a big level of influence on what the price actually is. Um, but yeah, uh, marketing is um, often like b- bigger than a lot of people think it is. It's not just advertising. Um, it's a lot more than that. But anyways, um, first comment is uh, when, and once again, I didn't read this before, so I'll just consider why I read <laughs> two things uh, for me I can think of marketing and building hype for your, your game. The second thing is designing something good enough to have a long tail sales uh, and keep the lights on while you make your next game. Yeah, I think uh, the most common thing I ever yeah I was just looking down uh, skimming. Marketing is what everyone says. Um, the issue is marketing is painful. <laughs> See, I am a connoisseur of marketing. I actually enjoy learning about marketing. That does not mean I enjoy doing marketing. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite. I took a class called Intro to Marketing over the summer. And it's probably one of my favorite classes I've ever taken. It's just interesting, um, but you know, the act of actually doing these things—it's yeah, it's a lot of work. It's you know, draining. It can be. Uh, it requires you to like to put on a new hat that you didn't, haven't been wearing before, and you've probably never worn it in your life. Well. You kind of have because marketing, once again, encompasses many things. And you probably try to convince someone to do something probably before. And you're essentially marketing something You're saying, you know, you should do this thing because uh, there's some perceived value to it. And you're doing the same exact thing when you're trying to market your game. Um, so you have some experience, but obviously it's not like it's <laughs> it's not like it's trying to play the piano when like, you know, you're, you've learned to type. Like I guess your fingers can move in that way now, but it's not and I don't people to play the piano very easily. Um, so, yeah, it's like a familiar action that, that is almost foreign still. But yeah, anyways, um, I would say, I don't know, is marketing the hardest thing? It's the thing I don't do, right? I don't know if it's like, it's not an issue of, I couldn't do it, you know? It's more of like, maybe that makes it a challenge because there's no motivation to do it, right? But, I'd say, uh, there's another thing, another challenge, big challenge, is finishing that last, like, 2% of the game. Um, and I guess some, you know, excluding any sort of like last minute marketing from that, just, um, just production. Um, I would say that that's harder than marketing actually. If, even if I, even if I were, you know, had the will to do both of those things and at equal will, I think I had an easier time doing marketing because, you know, part of it is because I actually enjoy the topic. Um, and also because, I feel like you know, yeah. He being clever in marketing is definitely useful. Like that's how you get your that's that's how you get an edge over the other marketers, of course. But note that most people who do game dev don't know the market at all. So if you just do something, you'll, you'll you'll already be above everyone else. Whereas finishing your game, like it depends on the game. It could, you know, you know, requires like you know, think <laughs> logically about things. Uh, for me, the issue I have is is like programming architecture, um, like. Uh, but, oh, I oh I planned out my game perfectly right and I started making it or whatever and then at the end it's like wow this code is not working the way I would like it to work um, which makes you know and then you want to refactor or whatever it's like I got to refactor everything it's like I'm almost done so I really want to refactor everything not really <laughs> so uh, yeah that's an issue I'm struggling with at the moment so, so uh, yeah I say that the last the last bit of game development whatever that happens to be doesn't matter what it is it's a the part yeah. I wonder, do you think there's a similar thing for movies, like making movies? The hardest part is the last. Is that like a thing that it gets harder at the end? Uh, so I feel
0: like there's two like hard points. Like there's like the end, like uh, coming up to the end of pre-production and then coming up to the end of post-production, because at the end of pre-production, like <laughs> like like you're getting to the no take back seas like, you know, sort of uh, uh uh portion where there's just all your preparation is just either good or not and you're screwed. So last minute everyone's like I guess there's like a similar aspect of it where it's like, you know, there's a problem in the script. Like you find it last minute and it's like, that's pretty bad. You know, like you yeah. have your whole budget and everything designed around something and now you have to rework something, you know, that's that's pretty bad. And at the very end, like the film is never finished until the deadline deadline comes always because at least with a respectable film crew, because uh, everyone involved is high stakes, you know, editors, is high is like is like, you know, everything. Every cut reflects me. Colorist is like every color on the screen reflects me. Uh, soundtrack, all the people. And obviously, you know, above all, the director and or producers. Um and uh, so they're not going to want the film to be done post-production ever, because you know when it's done, that means you can't do anything more to it. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, usually the the phrase is it's done when it's when when the due date ar- arrives, you know, uh, and you can't right. push it back any further. Yeah, <laughs> that is not how it works for Game Dev. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Mhm, Cool. Um, Oh, and I wanted to do a a little plug for myself. If you need some marketing help, you can go to ariela.com, my company, and I can help you out with a plethora of digital media marketing stuff, particularly in the video space, um, ads, whatever you want. Um, But I've also designed logos. I've done rebrands for people. So I can do a lot of different things. Okay. (laughs) That's the end of my plug. Nice. Um, Okay, so this next one is from me. So uh, the question is, what features does a good inventory system have? I saw Um, this post,
1: actually, when I was looking for posts.
0: Ah, that was interesting because I've interacted with a lot of inventory systems. I was like, oh, what does make a good inventory system? And uh, the description says, I'm building a drag-and-drop inventory system for survival-style games. Sounds like Daisy. And plan on uploading (laughs) it to the Unreal Engine Marketplace so far the system has containers a backpack for example that players can equip and store items in crafting is also readily implemented what other features would be interesting or useful in an inventory system um yeah
1: okay um so many different games implement inventories in many different ways of course um like daisy uh at least um uh, daisy i don't even say daisy <laughs> i meant to say uh, armor three i would say which i guess yeah i guess by extension daisy um has the um inventory system where it's like you can fit a certain like it's like almost like a weight system where like uh each thing weighs a certain amount and you put it in your backpack and your backpack has a like, weight limit which makes no sense but uh that's fine <laughs> 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 um and, you know, it's kind of weird in a realistic game like that. Unturned has a nice system where essentially your backpack is represented as a grid or your inventory is represented as a grid. Um And you can uh, almost like a chessboard, you can imagine. And everything put in is like a chess piece. But the chess pieces are not all one by one. They're various sizes. Um, maybe like a bandage would be one by one but, like, a rifle will be, you know, very wide. Maybe it's, like, uh, I'm putting a number out there, like, seven by, like, three or something like that. I don't know. Um, so, and, you know, you got to, like, Tetris things in correctly or whatever to maximize space. Um, and that seems to be more intuitive sense in terms of what you're actually doing rather than still It's still weird because a backpack is three-dimensional, uh, and you can, you know, when you're doing you're putting things in your backpack, you know, you, you kind of, like, it's more fine you know, you got to really, like, you know, it's not just, it's not like a grid based Tetris system. It's like a, you know, very like granular, you know, you can rotate things around, you know what I'm saying? Order matters, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, obviously I don't expect you to like duplicate that. Um So I don't know what, it, what, I mean, I think it depends on the game, right? I think even though the armor thing is kind of weird, I think it, I think it works for the game. Um It's a quick way of using inventory, unlike Unturned where if you have to think about like where things go, right, to, to maximize space, then it's gonna take a bit longer for you to, you know, put it into your inventory or whatever. If you want a quick, you know, just drag and drop the thing into your into your backpack, it's in the backpack, you're done. Armour style is, is nice. Um, if you want the the you know a, a, a more um, intentional type of of placing things, I guess, then uh, the turnstile is fine. Now, the actual question I didn't answer (laughs) was what other features would be interesting or useful in an inventory system. What I really like in inventory systems is, well, presumably in your survival game, like most, you have, you know, a primary and secondary slot where you can hold things or whatever. Um, I like it when games allow you to... um, Unturned has this, I think you, you like, you, you. I forget how it works, but you can bind things in your inventory to, so you only have a primary secondary slot, unlike something like Rust, for example, where I think you have like 10 slots, or something. you press the number key and that's all the slots of your things you can pull out of your inventory, um, I think at least. With Unturned, you only have two, but it's not that bad because you can still like, you like right click on things in your inventory or something like that and you press a number. And this lets you bind things to extra numbers. So essentially what I'm saying is being able to bind things in your inventory, regardless of whether they're in like a primary slot or whatever, do something you can pull out is very nice. Um, I also, once again, understand for like on a realism sake or whatever you want to say or balancing sake, it's like, well, if your thing's in your backpack, you shouldn't be able to pull it out very quickly, right? You got to like stop and like look in your backpack and take it out and stuff like that, I guess. But you don't want to add like a backpack like animation time or something like that, where you press the button and it takes like a moment to like take it out of your backpack, and you know, it's like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, other useful features to an inventory. I think like inventory seems to be very similar. Uh, <laughs> um, if it's a list style thing, like Arma or like Skyrim or whatever, being able to sort probably by like, I don't know, some parameter like value or alphabetical order is probably a nice thing to be able to do, uh, especially when inventories are very long. Um a lot of things like like stackability, so that's a nice feature to have. Um and uh yeah, I mean if you're just selling this on the marketplace, um I assume you probably don't want to like blow it up too much, but uh, I do under like I do understand, you know, wanting to provide features to make it more enticing. So
0: yeah. Cool, cool. Sweet. Do we do all four of them? Is that it? I think so.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, you want to take us out then? (laughs) All right. Well, that's been the uh, Mixed Media Gaming uh, Argument with Reddit segment. Thanks for watching. and uh, yeah, make sure, uh, you know, if you want to continue the talk, if you, have, if you have any responses to my hot takes, any disagreements or agreements. Make sure you go to our Discord. If we're on our Discord server. That's the best way to get into media contact with us. Um, you can get that at uh, what's the link? Uh, <laughs> MixMediaPodcast.com. We'll find the link to everything, including the Discord invite link. Um, and with that, I guess we'll be transitioning to the argument with the segment for movies. So yeah. Oh, I'm on the bottom. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs>